The Sportzilla Show starts now. I am Lance Catamaran. I'm Clint Bobsky. Clint, of course, short for Cameron, which is what my father told me. And my father also told me to live your life to the fullest. Always get an oil change. Beware of time travel and buy shirts. How did we give this guy airtime? What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'll have each and every one of you know that I was a desk anchor in Utica, New York, for their local broadcast news for six weeks, six full weeks, 36 days. And now I'm here, these amateurs. Get your... You don't get the show. Together. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I don't even think we get the show sometimes. Scoop and Rain, the glue guy, Matt, up in this on a Monday, getting a work week underway. It's now officially November. It feels like it now. Daylight savings time messed me up this year after I have... I have mocked people for years. I'm like, it's just one day. Just get over it. It's the time change, whether you spring forward or you fall back, I, I couldn't sleep. I think I fell asleep at 6 in the morning, but I'm not sure if it was 5 in the morning. But then again, I don't know what clock I was looking at because some of them you have to set back manually and others they change by themselves. Well, how many gallons of coffee did you consume? More than normal, and that's a lot. But I think I'm okay, and I've sorted it out right now, and I'm ready to talk sports with you for an hour. Dude, I totally slept like a baby. Of course you Got did. the extra hour. It was fantastic. Watched some football at a local watering hole yesterday. Have you noticed, though, most of the clocks around here, which were supposed to change on their own, or so I falsely had believed. Yeah, we have like these NASA-level clocks that are supposed to automatically change themselves. They have not done yeah, that. You're supposed to sync with Wi-Fi. Is that what it is? So it's totally messing me up today. We've got one clock down the hall Wait, on the wall that I, I fixed that I actually set. The rest of these, this is an engineer project. I'm, you know, We're not supposed to touch these clocks because I made the mistake and did that one. Is the Wi-Fi actually working? I'm, not, I'm wondering. No, I think it is. I think we have internet. Yeah, no, things are good. Okay. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. I wore a giant scarf today, even though it's not nearly cold enough for a scarf yet, to troll Matt and, of course, to root on somehow my Giants tonight, trying to, yes, break that four-game losing streak against Dallas Monday Night Football. Daniel Jones, Little Manning, Danny what? I'm sorry, go ahead. Danny Pennies. Oh, come on. (laughs) He doesn't even get dimes? No. I hate that nickname. I know you do. Danny Pesos. I get as mad as Whitehead on the Browns who got cut by the team. I get that angry, that level of angry, because he's clearly an angry guy. We'll Dude, get, he just melted down. We'll get to that in a minute, but that's how I get when I hear that nickname for Daniel Jones. I'm hoping they get the win tonight. We'll get into that a little bit more. Pesos are worth less than pennies, so Danny Pesos. Glue guy Matt is, even though, well, his team lost, the Patriots lost, and thank you to the Ravens and thank you to the Jets earlier this year for beating the Cowboys. Those are the two greatest things I've I've been able to witness as a football fan because the Giants are who the Giants are, but he's got his Patriots, whatever that is, that thing, that rag that you're wearing. Belichick has the same face whether you win or lose. Kind of, yeah. He does. Like He smirks. He doesn't smile. He smirks. Correct. Yeah, there's uh, there's little to no emotion on this side of the field. Well, he yells a lot, too. He was frustrated I, a few times I saw last night. Well, on the Patriots broadcast, uh, he was telling his guys to bleeping tackle, and it came over the airwaves. Ooh, yeah. so they caught that on a hot mic. Yes. I just, you know, I don't know how you can sit here constantly, Matt, and be like, oh, our offense is trash when you're 8-1. And, and you had to lose a game to go 8-1. and one. You're still going to stand by that nonsense? 
Yes, because it's true. Oh, God. Okay, fine. Yeah, the, the the turnovers in the first half really, you know, became Patriot points. Correct. You know, I got to tell you, that Lamar run into the end zone, though, I was telling Matt earlier today, if I'm a Patriot defender or if I'm the captain of that defense, it's bounty time. I'm saying 500 bucks to the next four guys that sack him. It's he's man. each of you, each of you. Next four sacks, each get five hundred bucks. Don't you put the whole league on notice when you see something like that? Any defense you're going to play, any defense. They did that slow little dosy doe thing into the end zone, which was like, oh come on, dude, that's weak. If you're playing against him, though, man, you got to be nervous. There's just certain guys. Cleveland Browns weren't nervous. Mahomes is like when when Mahomes is right, you worry. That's the same thing. You just expect something awesome. It's regular, regular season flash, postseason trash. That's right. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. The glue guy, Matt Scoop, and Rain in here. Let me just set us up for the rest of our NFL discussion with a little piece of audio that I found that I thought was, well, interesting. And now, it's time for this week's extremely uncommon NFL phrases. The Ravens beat the Patriots. The Chargers beat the Packers. Yeah. And the 49ers are the only unbeaten team at 8-0. Were those storylines when the season started two months ago? I don't think so, gentlemen. i got to add one more. Go ahead. The Dolphins win a game. The Dolphins won a game. That was not it. Wow. Yeah, dude. Let's start there. I why mean, did they do that? Because the Jets are terrible. Well, yeah, but why did they screw up their own tank? I it would be kind of fun. No, it's like, the Bengals who are ahead in the tank race. It would be fun, like, if a team just... Blatantly, obviously, did the most horrible things to lose a game because they wanted a draft pick. Well, Andy, that Dal- would be funny. Andy Dalton is like not going to take Cincinnati anywhere, but the only chance they had was with Andy Dalton, and yet Andy Dalton was even benched for the tank on his birthday. On his birthday, happy birthday! <laughs> oh, did you say it's your birthday? No. Jets, Jets, Twitter just was so much pain yesterday. It's I, I don't get that team. I mean, they're a dumpster fire. You beat Dallas, who is not as good as perhaps they looked in week one in beating the Giants and any given Sunday. They're 3-0 and start, yet at the same time, they're so much better than the Jets, and then the Jets just do Jets things. But the Bills are starting to do Bills things. They are. They're just they're billsing again. So in a weird math equation, does that mean the Dolphins are better than the Cowboys? It means that the Giants can beat the Cowboys tonight because on any given Sunday it's possible. I'm gonna. It's I, Monday. It, it, I think that would be fun. No, he said it too. It's it's a phrase. It's it's a it's a figure of speech. Don't poke the bear and I, get me I going. I would like off. to see the Giants beat the Cowboys. I think most of the United States of America would like to see the self-anointed Cowboys as America's team. Getting knocked off their perch. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing that happened last night when America, other than Patriots fans, was happy to see the Patriots lose to the Ravens. It's the same same thing tonight. I want the Ravens to lose every game they ever play for the rest of eternity because they stole my football team in Cleveland. Right, so there's a clear Cleveland Browns bias with that, but I totally get it. Clear Cleveland Browns bias. Let's, Let's be clear about my clear bias. You have a clear bias? I have a clear bias. What's the deal with your dude in those tweets? Not your dude. I should not even put you in the same conversation as that. But with Whitehead in those tweets, I, I mean, I've screen capped the, 
those tweets for you guys, they were angry and they were ignorant and they were racist and they were frightening. And they were so bad that Twitter suspended his account before the team could do anything to him. And now he's gone. Twitter. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, you can't even read them on the air. They're that bad. Yeah, he was like threatening people's lives. Literally. He gave them uh, the address of the Browns headquarters in Berea, Ohio, the actual street address, because he told some guy to come meet him there anytime. Yeah, some guy named Brian. He told him to meet him there. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can't do that. That's not even as much as you want to. You can't do that. It's Put not, down the tweeter. It's not even dumb. It's there's uh, what's the, he's caught now. He's t- he's tweeted himself out of a job. And you can't can somebody you can't sign him now. Who's going to sign him? Do you wait for it to die down for two weeks and then bring him in? I mean, what are you doing here? That's it, just it's dumber than dumb. It's it's yeah. just moronic. It's moronic. My Browns are so bad that that is a bigger story, and the cleats thing with OBJ and Landry is a story. Those were two of the top five headlines on ESPN yesterday afternoon. Not the game. The fact that the league says to OBJ and and Jarvis Landry that they're going to have to sit if they come back out with those cleats in the second half. And the quarterback, can, can you win a game, please? And you got a quarterback controversy according to Twitter too, because Eric Dungey, did you see the everybody was posting the picture of Baker with the mustache thing that he's doing now, sitting there, he's dejected and just standing there looking straight ahead with an earpiece in of some kind. Is Dungy and Noon's magician? Uh, everybody, I'm sure it's Q's fan follows that. Was like, what do you think Dungy's listening to? <laughs> I don't know. I responded, substitute by the Who to that tweet. Yeah, yeah. It's time to kick you to the but, curb. But with the OBJ and, and Jarvis, it's like, come on, dudes. Like a Jarvis says, uh, well, we got these approved by Nike, and we, we just thought it was okay. <laughs> Are we playing football or are we having a freaking fashion show here? Is that your concern? You want to go to Milan and sashay down the runway in your cleats? Is that the concern, though? Is that really their concern going into a game, the cleats? Just put put something on. And then we get Freddie Kitchens, who doesn't seem to know how to call plays that make any semblance of sanity and, and reasonable strategy. It's just ridiculous. The guy has, like, lost his mind. I think he's lost control of the team. The penalties, you know, we don't practice penalties. We've made a big deal about saying that in the preseason. It's you know what? time to give him the Brent axe. Done. Well, they can't. Out of there. They, they, who are they going to get? Adam Gase, for God's sake? No. no. You know, there's so many. There's no. There's nobody they can get. Let's just uh, keep in mind, Greg Williams has more wins as a Cleveland Browns head coach than Freddie Kitchens. That's a telling thing. So a couple things. we got to wrap up our NFL segment. We're going to get to Jerry McNamara, brought to you by Drivers Village in a few minutes. We want to talk some hockey in a couple minutes. But the Ravens loved Lamar so much they traded back in the first round twice. Then they took somebody else at number 25, and then eventually they traded and wound up with a 32nd pick to take him. Uh, that's how Lamar was in position to beat. And who pa- was that number thirty-two pick? To beat the Patriots, please tell me. The New England Patriots. Oh, so they. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, that one just kind of came back to bite Belichick a little bit, don't you? One think? game. Who one game. Who would have thought? Oh, listen to you. It's one game. Listen to you. Listen to you. The apologist for the. I'm just so glad they lost. It's a regular season. There game. are more people on my side that are just happy you lost last night, and we'll take that because everybody knows and understands that they're probably going to win the so Super Bowl again every the, year. So when the Giants get embarrassed tonight, 
No one will care. Well, I'm just concerned. I'm glad you brought that up because that was my last thing. Sterling Shepard is back in concussion protocol. He has been battling this. He's got two this year. He has previous ones in his career. And it is now getting to the point where you have to wonder, do these guys consider, that's it, I'm done. Because you you don't want to deal with the long-term effects, the CTE and things like that. It's not about football at this point. It's about life. I wonder how this plays out. That's all. I'll leave that there. Let me just throw one little stat out before we go to break. Because we haven't talked much Buffalo Bills. Oh. I watched that game. Yeah. All right. They get the win 24-9 over the Redskins. First half, Adrian Peterson's running all over the place. And I'm thinking, hmm, next week might be a good week for Nick Chubb and the Browns on the ground. They shut it down in the second half. But who are the Bills really? Well, they've beaten six teams now that have a combined record of 9-41. and 41. Ooh. And none of those six wins were easy. Well, looky here. Look at that. What do you got to say about it? I'm sure we'll hear a defense of the Buffalo Bills a little later this afternoon. Uh, clash of the OGs, by the way, at the top on that. Frank Gore, number four all-time. all time. Adrian Peterson, number six all-time. First time, two backs with 13,500-plus yards will play in the same game, or I should say did play in the same game yesterday as far as the Bills and the Redskins. The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Or next. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Verdict Ford and Verdict Toyota basketball pregame Wednesday. Seth Everett and Danny Shays getting you ready for the season opener. First defending champion Virginia. Wednesday night for that. Sportzilla Show 97.7, 100.1. On your FM dial, and I want to mention that Cicero North Syracuse came back from a 21-point deficit at halftime to beat Liverpool and advance to the championship game against the team they played earlier this year. Championship game, Saturday night, 8 p.m. at the Dome. They've won titles two years in a row. But on Saturday night, they're going to have to play Proctor, who beat them 32 to nothing. And has been a powerhouse all year. Yeah, Utica Proctor. So uh, props to uh, Cicero North Syracuse. Come back from 21 points. Uh, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Speaking of CNS in the news, man, I mean, it's good. It's good to be involved up there, especially for their hockey coach, Dan Jones, who got the call. It was an AHL goaltender, at least for a night, right, an emergency basis. They traded Louis Domingue to the Devils and then turned around and played them, talking about Syracuse Crunch as their 3-3 three and three weekend. But it's just uh, it's just one of those things, like, you never think that's going to happen. I mean, I doubt he thought he'd be a member of the Crunch, but we've seen some strange things like that happen from time to time. You just you got to fill the roster spot. There's no necessarily intention for him to get in the game, but it actually, things like that have happened before. Did you say Dan Jones? Did I say? Uh, Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Daniel Dives. Oh, these, yeah. Wow. I didn't even catch that tie-in. Thank you for taking me completely off subject. Danny Pucks. I'd rather focus on this Daniel Jones right now because the Crunch had a better weekend than the Giants have had a season. Two out of three out of three and three weekend scoop. That's what you want. When your hockey team in the American Hockey League has that on your schedule, you get two out of three. That's a successful weekend. And they lost a third of the three. The legs are a little bit tired at that point in time. But... Overall, uh, that's a solid return to form for the Crunch, who had struggled for a little bit. Two seconds away from matching an AHL record against Bridgeport in that 5-1 to win, they scored 
I think it was five seconds apart. Yeah. And the AHL record is three seconds apart, which that's pretty crazy when you're at a game and, and you get that rapid rapid fire scoring like that. It was like wasn't it three goals in like a minute? To all of a sudden, they just unleashed. It's crazy when you do. I mean, what a momentum changer! And we all know how important that is in hockey, in any sport. Well, but, when the PA announcer isn't even finished talking about the previous goal, yeah, when and you're already talking about the next one, when you've had, when you just scored your third goal, and he's still doing that exactly that, Matt. When he's wrapping up the first goal, one for the arena and one for the announcer, one for the the stat sheet. The Lightning have reassigned forward Luke Wachowski to the crunch. First AHL game. Did you see that? Since 2016, been a while. He's appeared in 12 games with the Lightning this season, has a goal and three points to go along with 13 penalty minutes, and the Crunch hosting Military Appreciation Night, a Military Appreciation Game, Friday against the Belleville Senators. If you are a veteran or active military, show your military ID, you get a free ticket. That's limited to one per ID. And Jim Sorosi, CEO, who has joined us before on the Sportsilla Show, has agreed to join us on Friday so we can talk about, well, we can talk about Military Appreciation Night. I really want to hear about the Pink the Rink Night from his perspective because I, I love how involved they get in the community. I love when and athletes, SU does this, but when teams give back to their communities, it's a great thing. And obviously we talk about the state of the team See where we're at on Friday because a lot could happen over the next few days, Scoop. Friday night, the Crunch wearing camouflage specialty jerseys and a post-game auction of select jerseys. Camouflage mystery pucks also on sale, 10 bucks, And, uh, you know, a special ceremony to open the game. And a chance maybe to get one of those jerseys, which would be kind of a cool keepsake. Keep it in Syracuse. Oh, just a short segment here because we've got to get to Jerry McNamara, interview with him from Drivers Village in just a couple. But Syracuse. Do we have to talk yeah. about Syracuse, Bubba? Yeah, obviously we do. We, we've got to bring it up. I mean, you're talking about firing the defensive coordinator, Brian Ward. Obviously, everybody's aware of that. Couple years ago, he's up for the Broyles Award, basically given to the, it's given to the top assistant coach in the country. Then injuries and things like that happen. And he had transitioned away from Scott Schaefer's system and used the Tampa 2 system, which is a more modern NFL defensive scheme. And then, bang, out of a job. It, it's It's got to be the first of what I think are going to be many moves. Because even a bad season would have been 500 for this team off of the expectations that we set. Everybody set nationally, locally, media. Everybody had expectations that were ridiculous, and it's worse than that. You give up 496 yards on the ground, the most Syracuse has ever allowed. It's it's the, and I, there's, there's like another 150 yards on top of that. Oh, it's, it's painful, it's, painful. And to think Syracuse was winning this game at the end of the first in the second period, it, it, the second quarter, it just Went off the rails. It did. It was it was an embarrassing loss. It was truly just a, a a dark day for the Syracuse football program. A program that has, if we're perfectly honest, we all are aware, has had quite a few of those over the past, um, well, significant number of seasons. One last thing. We've got just about 15 seconds. We're going to take our break and get you to, as promised, GMAC and talk SU basketball. But there's some, if you really go through and you comb the Internet, everybody knows how to Google Tommy DeVito is overall, actually, if you look at some of his numbers, injuries aside and things like that, 
and some struggles that he's had. He's clearly made some bad decisions throughout the season, but he's not that bad. And everything is getting blamed on him in a lot of ways in the offensive line. But it's not him. He's not been personally as bad as, say, the group around him. And he I just, can't throw the ball if he's on his back, if he's horizontal, for crying out loud. And he's been sacked so many times. Be real. You know what I mean? It, I mean, some some ratings, yards and touchdowns, 289-3 versus Boston College. Big time throws uh, rated. He made five of them. Adjusted completion percentage, 81.8. Clean passer rating, 139.9. Taking all the extra peripherals out of there. It's not Tommy DeVito's fault, ladies and gentlemen. This is the SportsZilla Show. ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. You know who's next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Back here on the Sports Silla Show and courtesy of Drivers Village, time to talk to GMAC Coach McNamara, Jerry McNamara on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Scope, I, I know we're supposed to talk to GMAC about basketball, but I've got to ask, uh, I'm going to call it a curveball question, something like that, maybe sure. a pass with a little bit of English. Jerry, I initially met you, not met you, but we hung at a Yankees game a long time ago. It was me, my wife, your wife, we went down there, Phil Hughes, Pitched. I think they won eight to two. It was in Mr. Krabs or Mr. Levine's box. I don't know if you recall that. I do remember. But as a baseball fan, the Yankees signed Araldis Chapman, and I was wondering: baseball season's over. The football team is struggling. We're looking forward to basketball season. But before the first game against Virginia, do you have any Yankees-related thoughts, wish list for the off season, free agent signings? <laughs> what do they need to address? I'm sure you do. Yeah, obviously the starting pitching, um, you know, drew most of the criticism throughout the regular season. You know, typically in, in October, we see our bats go quite a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I would have liked to see, I, you know, I wasn't particularly happy. I like Joe Girardi. Um, Me too. You know, a few years ago when, when, you know, I thought that was a little bit premature. I think it was the year that they maybe had lost in seven to the Astros. I don't know if that's correct. It uh, is. My memory. It is. Yeah. So, you know, they had taken the eventual world champion to seven games, you know, but then the move, I thought, I thought this season's team with all the injuries they had uh, perform well. And then, you know, obviously again, you go to six games and I think if there's anything in the off season that I wish I could, I wouldn't say necessarily looking forward. I, I'd, I'd probably say, can we get that slider back? You <laughs> know, can we get that slider that Chapman threw back and, and throw some heat? But you fall down 2-0, I think it was, uh, to Altuve, and, and obviously you make a mistake. But he's a great hitter. You know, I think more than anything, I was thinking more so in the moment, why pitch to him? You know, you got a guy that I think was struggling coming up next, um, you know, on deck. But, you know, I, I, I followed here and there. I, I'm more of a postseason guy at this point, you know, with – with what we have going on here, you know, 99% of our focus is kind of what's going on in the moment at Syracuse. And, you know, when, when baseball's in the heat of their schedule in July, we're in the heat of our recruiting. And, um, you know, by the time it starts to get interesting in August, we got our guys coming back on campus. So I'm, I'm, I've become a big fan of the postseason. Uh, you know, I think baseball games in my mind are just too long. I love being at them, but if I'm going to sit at the house, it's hard to sit through a whole game for me. Uh, but postseason baseball is different because every pitch does matter. I really, really enjoy watching postseason baseball. Gary Cole would look nice in pinstripes for the postseason. Just saying. 
Just saying. I know he's not happy. I know he's not happy that uh, he wasn't utilized in game seven. So I think I did see, um, you know, something maybe across Twitter or something came across that he said, you know, um, you know, dismissively about not being used, uh, hinting at the fact that he's looking elsewhere. So, yeah, we'll see. I, 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 I know I wouldn't mind seeing him go out and start a game for the Yanks. He actually wore a Scott Boras hat to the post-game press conference that before he agreed to do, Jerry, he said, I'm not really employed by the Astros anymore. So I think that's hinting on him moving elsewhere. I tell you what, for a guy who doesn't pay attention to basketball, you, or baseball, or, or, excuse me, baseball. Yeah, you really have your finger on the pulse. You know what's going on. I like, the, like I said, I like the postseason. And, you know, I thought, it, I mean, what better, what better, you know, theater for, you know, just the, the guy that enjoys, you know, the common fan like me that just kind of enjoys watching. You know, I've always said I'm a fan of excellence. So, um, you know, there's no no greater thing in sports than a game seven. Uh, there is no more interesting storyline than no no wins at home in the postseason in that, in that series. And then you add the fact that Patrick Corbin, I kind of familiarized myself with his story being a, a local guy. Uh, how neat was it to, to watch him go out and get the win in Game 7 of a, a World Series? Pretty pretty neat storyline. We clearly have not had an official regular season basketball game quite yet. <laughs> We're looking forward to the season opener against Virginia. We're getting there. But courtesy of Drivers Village and on the Burdick Toyota guest line is GMAC, Coach McNamara, Jerry McNamara on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It is the SportsZilla Show. And the reason that we'll talk to you at this time every Monday is basketball. So let's get started with that. Well, Virginia Wednesday night, they're not last year's Virginia. Kyle Guy with Sacramento, I believe a two-way contract with Stockton. Give us a scouting report of what the Orange face Wednesday night, some of the changes, and, and what you think you need to really work on. Well, I think, you know, if you go back and watch our, our game from last season, it got out of hand quickly. But, you know, for 30 minutes of that basketball game, we were we were really right there. And then the three-headed monster of Jerome, Kyle Guy, and DeAndre Hunter took over the basketball game. And they did it in a manner in which that we haven't really seen often. You know, they shot the ball as well as any, any team that we've faced. Um, you know, Kyle Guy hit some of the most difficult shots I've seen. You know, when you watch these films, you, you're you so angry going into the film room that, you know, we didn't do our job. And then you watch and sometimes you tip your hat, you know, to go back to, to baseball. You know, you tip your hat and uh, these guys, you know, we're in a, a four-point game last year and Ty Jerome hits a three-pointer from the bottom of our logo at the top of the key, you know, a, a 30-footer. Um you know, sometimes you tip your cap, and those guys came in here and they beat us. Um, you know, we felt like we didn't beat ourselves. They came in. That's why, you know, they won the national championship. Uh, you know, I think in the last three games they played last year, they were losing in 12 seconds uh, to go. And the Purdue game, you know, the one that went to overtime where Diakiti hits the shot uh, to put it into overtime, uh, indication of a team that understood how to win. So I think that's really the culture they've built uh, based on how good they are defensively with their pack line defense. They really force you to make things happen outside of pick and roll game. Uh, their pick and roll coverages are as good as it gets. Um, you know, they're going to have a little bit of a makeover. Losing that type of talent uh, in one year is difficult to replace. And I'm familiar with some of the guys they have coming in, watching them through the AAU circuit out on the road recruiting and getting a chance to familiarize myself with some of those players. Um, you know, but the kid Clark, who, who kind of is the head of the snake as far as the defensive pressure up to 90 feet, he's really good in the open court defending. A little bit small, but, you know, I think Tyus and Frank last year with our size advantage on him did a pretty good job, but he sets the tone of what they do. 
um, you know, the bit, the big area of concern for me with these guys just on paper uh, going into this matchup is is their ability along the baseline. Uh, Diakiti at six eleven, long, rangy athlete, and then the kid Huff uh, around seven foot, who's capable as well along the baseline, but can step out and hit some shots. So that's something early here in the in the exhibition season, and even in Italy, we didn't really face was. Uh, kind of a two-headed monster inside. Uh, you know, I think there's some question marks on the perimeter for them, just you know, from inexperience. And um, you know, they they have some experience from that big man position that's going to give us a different look that we haven't seen yet. Jerry, you're you're known for obviously. I think you were one of the first that really brought the three ball into prominence with Syracuse. That's a key for this year's team. So I kind of got a three little tidbits I want to throw at you, and then I want you to to bring me into one nice answer as you do tie things together really well. Defense, obviously, is is the most important thing for this team, as it always is, breaking out of that 2-3 zone. And then this year, specifically, bringing those threes in and really shooting the ball well from three, which we seem to have that and some depth. I've heard even possibly, potentially, based on how everybody plays, getting to eight or even nine guys. And sometimes, as you know, Jim tightens that that rotation up and then solving that point guard issue with Jalen and Bryson. I, I know you can uh, streamline that all for me as far as the plan of attack heading into the season opener against Virginia. Yeah, well, I think the you know the great thing is we have competition at the position. The, the, you know, the, the point guard position. The, you know, we're in a better place as far as capable players than we've been in some time. Um, you know, I think the big thing with Jalen was his progression as a you know, decision maker, you know, we saw five turnovers in the first game in our exhibition. You know, the big thing at that position is you want to protect the ball and make quality offensive decisions. Obviously the strength of this, of this team is, is our ability to shoot. We have multiple players at every position that can make shots. Um, You know, it reminds me a little bit of the 2016 year um, from, from the positions of being able to shoot, but you have to defend. Um, that, That, that was the issue I thought with that team when we had the year with, you know, John Gillen and Andrew White coming in on transfer and Tyler Lydon still here. You know, we had a lot of shooting, um, but we didn't, you know, consistently defend at the level that we need to uh, to lock people in. Yeah, I think that's the big, you know, the big point of emphasis early for us right now with this group is with, with youth, you know, sometimes you have to maximize the importance of what it means to defend at this level and how important that is. You can go in high school games and stretches of two or three possessions where, you know, you take a playoff because there's not enough capable players on the court to penalize you. No doubt. Uh, or offensively, you're, you, you know, like a Joe Girard, you know, sometimes you could take two or three bad shots in high school and opposing team can't come down and penalize you on those possessions. Well, those things change at this level. So uh, the big thing for us is being able to defend at a consistent level. You know, you, you're obviously going to have, moments offensively where you click and you're going to have moments where uh, the shot just doesn't go. Whether you get a quality shot or not doesn't mean you're necessarily going to make every one of them. So the big thing is, can you be consistently good in your defensive schemes and can you be consistently good in your effort? And more importantly than all of that is you, can you be incredibly consistent in where you're supposed to be? I think that's the big thing with a young group is you got to make sure that you really emphasize to them of where you need to be, where the ball is in every single position on the court. And um, again, you know, in, in our practice yesterday, it was the same thing with the, this young group. There was two or three times that I stopped our guys and 
in, in my position from the guard position and said, we're still not doing this. You know, I'm not going to tell you what it was because, you know, I don't want it to get out there too much. But, For sure. You know, there's still some areas. There's still some areas that, you know, we need to make sure that we clean up as we move forward because you play teams like Virginia and, you know, every, every possession is important. That, that, that's the big thing is at this level, every single possession is important. It's about competing on every, you know, every second of every possession. And if you can do those things and the more, you know, the the more often you do them and consistent you do them, obviously the better position you're going to put yourself in. So, you know, the big thing early on from what I see is can we get these guys to defend at an elite level? And if you do that, we feel like offensively with the pieces we have in place, we should more often than not be able to score enough points if we're consi- you know, consistent defensively to put ourselves in good position. Jerry McNamara with us, courtesy of Drivers Village, the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. We're up against a break. We've just got about a minute or so left, but the glue guy, Matt's got one last one for you today, Jerry. Jerry, who do okay. you expect to be the leading scorer for tonight or uh, for Wednesday night and for the rest of the season as well? Who do you think is going to be those one or two guys that are going to be leading the team in scoring? Well, you know, I think obviously Elijah Hughes is, is ready to, t- to take a big jump. Uh, we, we, we've seen historically in our program the guys that have been with us for a few years, and then you lose a key piece that those guys are usually prepared to step in and take on bigger roles. Um, you know, I think I think E is in that situation. He's really worked hard on his game, had a good summer. Um, and then you have guys like Buddy Beheim, who, you know, as a freshman got such a great opportunity for quality time and really took advantage and kind of surprised everybody on the outside. But if you're around him, you understand how hard he works. He's added strength. He's added the ability to put the ball on the floor. So I expect him to be consistent. Uh, and then I think it could be one of those things on, on a nightly basis. You know, we saw it in Italy. We had multiple multiple nights where we had a different leading score. I think this team is capable of that. You know, and in the years past when we've had those teams that have gone on and had postseason success as well. You know, I'm you know, I'm sitting here looking at a banner from 2013, and, and, and you look at some of those guys on that team, and, you know, you had multiple guys that were capable of getting 20 points. And I think this this team, you know, Buddy's proven it, Elijah's proven it, and then you have, you know, offensive, explosive-type players like Quincy and, and uh, Bryson. Jalen Carey's proven he can get 20 at this level. So uh, Joe Girard's proven he can get 57. And some of the guys that yeah. I watched in <laughs> high school and Bryson, you know, so there, there's a lot of pieces there. Uh, and then, you know, obviously from the center position, if you can, you know, we, we like to think is that position as a two-headed monster. If you can play multiple guys and get double-doubles, you're going to be in a pretty good situation offensively from what we feel like our, our roster looks like. Jerry, we look forward to talking to you once again every Monday, courtesy of Drivers Village. That's Jerry McNamara. Have a great rest of your day, man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thanks to Jerry. We'll be talking to him every Monday on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. More next. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. Wednesday, all your favorite shows will be live from Shaughnessy's and the Marriott Syracuse downtown starting at 11 a.m. with centers of attention. Come out and meet your favorite radio hosts leading up to the SU Virginia game. Speaking of centers of attention in Houston, oh my goodness gracious, they lost by 29 points to the Heat. But talking about the beard, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, Scoop, as you pointed out, has a load management game tonight, so he's going to miss the game against Memphis. And then there's James Harden. James Harden, since the three-pointer was adopted by the NBA in 1979-1980 season, the number of games with 14 missed three-pointers, James Harden, seven of them, the rest of the NBA in its entirety, with five. 
That's <laughs> terrible, Charles Barkley. Terrible. James Harden has missed 56 threes this season, and he's only taken three mid-range jump shots. Two out of three on those, in case you were wondering. And Matt? Matt? Yeah. Glue guy. Um, what was your comparison to James Harden? Well, you know, James Harden wins the MVP, yeah. and people hated Mello for playing that iso ball. A ball but hog, yet, if you will. But yet, Harden gets praised for it. He gets MVPs thrown at him. Oh, it's the beard! Oh, it's the, the beard, beard is fun! Everybody likes beards! Girls like beards! Kobe was a ball hog, but I bet you if he came out of retirement, somebody put him on a roster. Carmelo is uh, five or six years younger at this point, can still play. I would think that he's been humbled enough. He's still better. All of the counter-arguments against Carmelo Anthony are nonsense at this point. He can still play basketball in his... Uh, uh, talking about uh, James Harden's uh, teammate, uh, Russell Westbrook, that hairstyle needs to go. Yeah, Carmelo's a benefit to a roster, too, and he has better hair. Let's just leave it at that. That's I don't know what he was thinking there. Snoop Dogg, uh, as he narrated a wildlife series, yes, Snoop Dogg, and as he already called with our friend Alex Faust, a former part-time broadcaster for the Utica Comets, Syracuse Crunch's rival about 45 minutes away, well, he is now the voice of the Los Angeles Kings on Fox Sports West. Snoop jumped on with Alex Faust. Snoop. And then over the weekend, we got to see him doing some Lakers Spurs. He did and little, he was great. He was awesome when he narrated the Wildlife Series. He was great with Alex Faust. It, you, you have to, It's like a must-watch thing if you're not aware of it. And then, yes, he did play-by-play with the Lakers. And he was good. He just jumped right in and started doing it. But what happened with the mascot scoop? Well, the Spurs mascot brings a little pizza box over and it's got a Spurs jersey inside of it. <laughs> so Snoop then has to get up in his Lakers coat and hold it up. Kind of like, all right, thank you. But you know, I'm a Lakers fan. So he looked like uh, Eli Manning getting drafted? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. With, with you, with your digs, anything to do with my Giants, buddy? You started it. LeBron oh. James, triple-double. Lakers, second-best defense in the league. Oh, I Houston, know. don't play defense. I know you were, but what am I? We're over here being, like, 12-year-olds in third grade. I just hope they win tonight. I'll leave you with that. we got to turn things over. Brent Axe will have you on the block in just a couple minutes. He'll explain, I'm sure, what's up with the Buffalo Williams encircling those wagons. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. We'll see you all tomorrow at 3. We're going to hear from the Heim.